So there's this new collection of short stories that are retold fairy tales. Have you heard about this? Oh yeah, it's uh, Far Away, the new Amazon original stories collection, right? Exactly. We've got Rainbow Rowell, Nick Stone, Soman Chanani, Ken Liu, and Gail Foreman all taking these old fairy tales and twisting them and making them their own. I mean, who doesn't love going back to those stories that we all grew up with about evil queens and charmless princesses and star-crossed lovers and finding authors who we love now in 2020 doing their own cool riffs on those classic stories? It's some of my absolute favorite things. I mean, I love when Helen Oyeyemi does it, and I love, you know, when Amy Bender does it. And now I'm really excited about checking out what all of these authors are going to do with these old familiar stories. The collection is available now. You can get it in audiobook, you can get it in ebook. Amazon Prime members can listen and read for free. Just need to get ready, prepare yourself, because these stories, they're going to scare you, they're going to charm you. They're going to move you. They're going to make you feel magic all over again. You can download them at amazon.com slash farawaystories. That's amazon.com slash farawaystories. Well, <laughs> good show. We are. Yeah, good times. I love books, don't that's, you? That's a wrap. <laughs> what if every episode of our show was just, you know, it's great. Books. books. It kind of, I mean, end of the, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> that's not an unfair description of what our, our podcast is. Yeah. So many, so many, so many damn books. Well, it's good to see you. You too. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry. Happy Rom Jewel. Yes. This is that strange week between of times, which is made all the stranger by the strange times we live within yes there was still some nice normal things with christmas even if it was a weird christmas there was still some traditions to hold on to well that's the best thing about traditions is that if you really think about it they're very adaptable mm-hmm. exactly yeah. i felt the same way it was uh pleasantly surprising how uneventful i guess like it was eventful and there was obviously the sort of complex feelings of not getting to see family and all of that. But also like, I don't know, it's the 21st century. I did three family Zooms with mm -hmm. my folks, Danny's mom's side, Danny's stepdad's side. So we saw more family than we ever would have. Right. We, you usually have to do a little bit of choosing. Yeah. You know, you get to make things in the kitchen. You got your your festive display of lights, however you're celebrating. Yeah. It's got their lights. We made, we we spent Christmas Eve and Christmas Day making the most elaborate dessert I've ever attempted. Ooh, what'd you make? We made um, a croquembouche, which, do you know what those are? No. It's um, It's a tower of... Um, mini cream puffs Ooh. made into a pyramid and then covered in sponge sugar. So it looks like it's covered in, you know, whoa, melted glass. Wow. And we made every piece of it ourselves and filled our pastry. But I mean, it was really, it was very time consuming. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But, but it made a very beautiful, um, 
arrangement and we're still eating the cream puffs because uh, that's i mean it's a very large dessert even if we <laughs> have the recipe and we're still it still was a ridiculous pyramid nice it's actually from um the cookbook flower two by jo- joanne chang and i used to work at a, a flower bakery in boston um, oh cool so it was it was fun to be back in that world the collapsing of Christmas times. Uh-huh. Yeah. We um we made a big double header of recipes from the latest Odalangi cookbook. Oh flavor. Cool. Mm-hmm. And it was the thing of like if you closed your eyes, it was like any other year a little bit. Like the house was warm, it mm-hmm. smelled like delicious food. Brian Setzer Orchestra Christmas albums were playing in the background. But one. then you open your eyes and it's different because I'm the one cooking in my house and there's nobody else around. Like so strange. Yeah, it's a it's a it is the collapsing of space time. We're coming okay. towards it. It's you know, it's here's it Y2K coming a little bit late. Turns out it wasn't 2000. It was 2020 into 2021. That and, was what would confuse the computers. Uh-huh. They're gonna mm. uh they're just going to shut the simulation off. Oh, okay. That's my, hey folks, that's my <laughs> prediction for that's, the new year. Okay. You're, we'll you're not talking to me anymore. You're talking to the folks. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was just, I'm throwing that one out there for uh, the, the conspiracy nuts out there. If we wake up January 1st and everything's still going, remember, it's the matrix inside the matrix. You know? Okay. Yes. <laughs> We're all going a little stir crazy here. You know? Uh to quote baby, it's cold outside. What's in this drink, buddy? <laughs> what are you drinking, by the way? We are we're drinking kind of matching drinks. Yeah, I have this um Interboro fruited sour Ooh. which has passion fruit, orange, and guava in it. I like a sour. You do like a sour. What about you? I'm drinking uh, a Woodstock Brewing Double Amplitude Double IPA. Oh, boy. IPA, and then you double it. That's a lot of, of IPA. When you, make it, when you make it a hazy, sort of in the new style, it's, it's delicious. But anyway, they're both red and kind of purple and kind of yellow. Look mm-hmm. at that. It looked very holiday-y, which was, I thought I was buying a holiday flavor and I wasn't, but that's okay. Have you ever had the Trogues Mad Elf? I have. That is my, that's the only like Christmas themed beer as opposed to like a, just like a stout or a a nutty lager or something. Like Mm -hmm. the only like true, hey, we're releasing this because of Christmas as opposed to because of winter okay. that I can get down with. Well, I would recommend um, Anchor Steam puts out mm. a new Christmas-themed beer every year, and it's a different flavor really? profile every year. And each year, they also choose a different type of Christmas tree to feature on the cover, and they're different breeds and Breeds for trees? Species? What a question. 
lots of different <laughs> trees. <laughs> lots of different trees. It's different every year. This one was actually had a little bit more of an IPA bite. It was nice. Cool. But it's cool to look at the the labels stacked because they really, it's beautiful. And I think this year was a redwood, which is one of my f- dear favorite trees. Oh, they even got a thing. I had to look it up. They have a, a label tour on their website where you can look at all of the different labels that they've done. <gasps> wow, they've been doing this forever. Yeah. Holy moly, this is fucking cool. I love this. Love I thought you'd this. be into it. I was surprised. I'm surprised this is something I get to share with you. That's great. Isn't it? Sharing is wonderful. Isn't it just? Do you get anything? Do you get anything cool? You buy yourself anything cool? Which obviously, as we all know, you can do either. I did get something in the mail from you. <laughs> and I've been waiting to open this until we were actually recording. So here we go. All right, go for it. Oh, wow. Oh, this is so, so cool. It is J.M. Barry's Peter Pan and Wendy retold for little people. It's it's an antique edition. Um, Oh, nicely inscribed by you. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. I can't wait to look through this. I love these illustrations. Yeah, it's got plates in it. Um, I think it's... Oh, it's really cool. I'm forgetting. I want to say it's like 1950. Or thereabouts. It's not like old, old, but you know. There are so many editions of of the story. Yeah. People might not re- realize that they didn't read the the actual book. Oh, I mean that we've talked about this before. That's how I am. I'm realized I've never read the um, unexpurgated J. M. Barry's Peter Pan. This I've just so encountered a thousand different versions, including this one. Well, thank you. Yeah, man. Couldn't resist. And uh, I suppose then that means I should open this, which has come through the post, through wind and rain and snow. Apparently. (laughs) Oh, cool. Oh, man, this is awesome. The Valancourt Book of Victorian Christmas Ghost Stories. Dude, this is so cool. Yeah, I like that in volume one, it's a lot of anonymous stories. Yeah. Oh, man. There's four anonymous stories, but then also Walter Scott, Elizabeth Gaskin, Arthur Conan Doyle. Very cool. Oh. And look at that Christmas tree cover. I just yeah, thought. <laughs> with skulls on it. It's like my Christmas tree here at the house. <laughs> um, oh, thank you, man. This is so cool. Speaking of traditions and like what to do in a weird year, but also for Danny and I, it's truly like the start of something. It's our first Christmas in the new house, as they say so often in Thor and Wilder's The Long Christmas Dinner. Um, so we, on Christmas Eve, we decided that every several years, one of the two of us is going to buy a really nice bottle of bourbon or whiskey or rye or something, something brown. I bought a, a Midwinter Night's Dram this year. Ooh. And one of the two of us will read a short story to the other person. Um, and so we were sipping on this and I read a Dickens ghost story out of the Christmas Carol and Collected Writings. Oh, that's a nice um, one. But so, ooh, now I've got some ghost stories for next year. Nice. 
Thanks, man. Thank you. This is so cool. Did you buy anything for yourself? This year is maybe the first year that I didn't buy myself any Christmas books. Usually I like order something late in the year and then I decide I'm going to wrap it up and throw it under the tree. Um, to yourself? Mm-hmm. It's just okay. fun, you know? I mean? Yeah, that is that is fun. I also, I, I used to, um, it only really worked for like a year or two, but I would fuck with my mom by putting From Santa on it, but I would write it with my left hand so it was sort of a different handwriting. Because my mom is the one who has always been the arbiter of like what comes from Santa and what comes from the people in the house. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first year she was just like looking at it and she was like, I don't know what this is. And I was like, who knows? It looks like a book. And I got a lot of glee out of that. And everybody else in the family was like, all right, weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. You know, I like theater for theaters. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I did get a couple of books. And so I will talk about those for this segment of our show. Okay. Instead of, instead of what'd you buy for me, it's what'd you get? Uh, Ryan Amilcar Scott's Insurrections, his first short story collection. I loved The World, Does Not, uh, the World Doesn't Require You, uh, which I read this year finally, and I was just, I was obsessed. Uh, and so for one of the secret, one of the family secret Santas that I was in, I got that and a nice fountain pen to write my mm. own short stories. Um, I got Sherlock Holmes and the Christmas Demon by James oh. Lovegrove. I was so bummed. I was looking for that book on audiobook because I thought that'd be a fun thing to listen to. Doesn't there's ex- no audiobook? They've never Shit. recorded one. Now I want to just make it for you because I think you would <laughs> absolutely love it on audiobook. It's a, it's a straight down the middle home story. It's great. That sounds fun. But then the other thing, the thing I am the, arguably the most excited about from Christmas, my sister got me a three-month subscription, I guess, to Mr. B's Emporium, which is a bookshop in Bath, England. They do sort of think about what you and I have done or what John Warner does as Bibli Oracle or what a really good librarian or bookseller does when they sort of, they listen to you and they learn about you and they recommend some things. These booksellers, there's a like a huge survey that you fill out and then they send you things. Once a month. Wow. Yeah. I am so stoked. I spent like an hour filling out this survey. They offer you an option where they can like, they'll either send you or someone else in your house an email to be like, do they already have this book? Do hmm. they hate this author? Like to just to double check because they really want to make sure that they get it right. Wow. It. I am so excited about just like, I don't know, the giddy, wild, weird glee of like, okay, my fate is in your hands random people who are very knowledgeable about this stuff. So I'm stoked. I have no idea. I'll report back. Yeah. You Uh, have to tell us what you get. The first one I think comes in February. So I think it's like February, March, April. I will be sure to let you all know. That's awesome. How about you? I pre-ordered a book. Ooh. Which 
I really, I just, it was one of those things where I came across it and immediately I was like, yep, I'm going to want to read that. <laughs> That's, <laughs> um, and it comes out really early next year, but that's all right. It's Outlawed by Anna North. Oh, she wrote um, The Life and Death of Sophie Stark. Yes. Mutual Which, fave of ours. Uh, I love that book. It's so cool. I love that form. Kind of, It's kind of an oral history, but it's a little more... Yeah, it's, it's more... They're using the oral history form, but sort of in the same way that, I don't know, Parks and Rec uses a mockumentary. Ooh, well said, well said. And <laughs> so this is like, um, this is her Western, and it's about a 17-year-old girl who hooks up with the Hole in the Wall gang. Awesome. Because of stuff that happens in her life. I, and R.O. Kwan, friend of the show, called uh-huh. it a masterpiece. And it just seems like, oh, it just seems right up my alley. I cannot wait to receive it. Um, awesome. It's going to be one of those things I'm going to try to like pick it up and just open it right there. That sounds great. Yeah, so I'm really excited about it. Cool. Before we were recording, you told me about something else you got for Christmas that isn't book-related. Oh, yeah. I um, I was given... Sarah gave me a Nintendo Switch. Cool. Light. Cool, cool, cool. What's the difference? I got to know because I almost did buy myself a Nintendo. I saw the empty display at the Target and I was like, hmm. The light is just handheld. It can't connect to a television. Oh, okay. Interesting. It's been a while since I've had a video game system and this one is really, really fun. And I'm already worried, though. I'm just trying to decide, like, how does this work in a reading life? Because I'm already trying to give as much time as I can to reading. And one of the things that this system has that I guess is kind of new is that it's got an ecosystem of being able to just upload any game. Like, indie developers can put their game on there, which is really cool. And there's this whole, I asked for... Um, suggestions and people were suggesting these games that are sort of blur the line between a video game and a short story and a movie oh cool yeah 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 so i downloaded kentucky route zero (gasps) yeah and i downloaded gone home and both of these are sort of you know short stories games that you're you're playing through a narrative right you know point and click as you go around and, and it's like that old sort of style but adapted for the switch so i'm really excited about it and we'll see how well i balance reading and video games and everything else it's cool to see the ways that games are yet another place where the line is blurring a little bit particularly like if you want to blur the line you can fucking blur that line (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of great that there's a new storytelling medium that can only live on these devices. I think that that's kind of fascinating. Robin Sloan is a big proponent of these types of things as well. Ooh, yes. I'm looking so forward to whenever he eventually finishes and releases his video game, Perils of the Overworld. Mm. Which He was doing a, like a development diary email for a while, and then he stopped sending emails. But I did get some fat gold 
olive oil in my subscription from him recently. So I know he's still still doing something. Sounds like he's just knee deep in oil. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been spending the days with a book in your hand? Naturally. Um, I feel like I hit I hit a nice stride right here at the end of the year. I also, I mean, you and I are are longtime uh, proponents of the wait till the actual end of the year to do your year end lists because who knows what you're going to read. And I read, I read three books in December that absolutely made it onto my like long my long year end list. Um, and there are books that one of them, I had no idea that I was going to love two of them. I was like, pretty sure I was going to love. Um, and I just, uh, it's, it put a little pep in my step to like read a couple really good things that were new while also balancing it with like some year end reliable pleasures. I already read that Sherlock Holmes book that I got. Uh, I reread a Discworld book. I read a Galia, the new Jeff Vandermeer book. You know, like the things that I know are going to feel like a great sweater in front of a fireplace. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be able to give yourself that reliability at the end of the year, you know? Particularly like when you've sort of let your, you've let your Goodreads challenge go, whether you've made it or not. It's like at this point, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm just going to read for the hell of it. Someone was Goodreads shaming on Twitter. Oh, yeah? It was one of these things where I wanted to say something, but I obviously, what, what is commenting to a tweet? <laughs> yeah, I know. Just don't even do it. Um, unless, well, yeah, pretty much just don't tweet ever. I find myself increasing, <laughs> I'll write out a whole tweet and then I'll be like, ah, why? And immediately delete it. But I think that uh, Goodreads is a great place to keep your journal and and it was funny to read so many people agreeing with them that people over analyze their reading stats Mm. i guess i can see why people feel uncomfortable with quantifying and statisticifying a reading experience sure but there's so many factors and why people use a site like goodreads that it's just like it can't be actually bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish that the site itself was better and had maybe a little bit more functionality to it. But I feel like it hasn't changed in a decade. I know. But you know what I mean? Like there's, there's I was thinking, um, Emily Temple was talking about this and several guests who we've had on the show have talked about keeping a reading journal of some kind. And I occasionally think about you know, as I get older and want to maybe remove a little bit of myself from the internet, I am like, what can I lose? Can I lose Twitter? Probably. Can I lose Goodreads? Like, could I have a field notes that's full of books? And I'm like, well, I could. It's really fucking easy to search my books in Goodreads. Like, there is something very nice about having it, I don't know, just available. Right. And I feel like it's the type of thing where you might just end up inventing Goodreads for yourself again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, like I'll ah. just figure out a way to put it in an Excel thing so I can search it. And then you're, mm-hmm. you're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And what if my friends could also look at this Excel sheet? 
I feel like it's any tech entrepreneur that just like accidentally invents the bus. Just like <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's like um, turns out Facebook <laughs> having just invented Facebook where they're like, now we have a just a campus thing where you can like leave posts for your friends. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I see. So you Facebook 2020 has invented Facebook 2007. That's new to somebody. I have a question for you. Okay. How Christmassy is that Sherlock Holmes and the uh, Christmas demon? You know, like, are there a lot of decorations everywhere in the, in the narrative? Are there people yelling about figgy pudding? It's set at Christmas, leading up to Christmas. The, uh, it's like the week leading up to, and the story sort of has its big conclusion, Christmas Eve morning. Okay. At a manor house, and like two days in, like the family descends. Uh, and there's a little bit of, there's some folklore. The Black Thurrock, which is sort of a Yorkshire version of Krampus. Okay. There's like a couple pages where they're talking and they're all like, Have you heard about Krampus? Have you heard about this one that lives in the north of France? Have you heard Ooh. about this one? You know, sort of the Santa's evil buddy. It's the writer showing their research. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's not as Yuletide gay as perhaps you might be looking for. On a scale of Christmas trees, I'd say it's six out of 10 Christmas trees. Okay. Five, five and a half. Five and a Charlie Brown tree. I read a couple different versions of the, the Santa Christmas story. Mm-hmm. You know, how Santa became Santa. Uh-huh. And it was it was fun, and both of them basically knew. This guy Matt Haig, um, oh wrote yeah, this novel, a boy called Christmas, and has added into the series over the course. Oh, but cool! This first one was very sweet. It was I, I listened to it. Jim Dale read it, and um, it was a fun version of how Christmas works. And then Christmasaurus had the craziest version of how Christmas. Oh my magic God, works. Christmasaurus! I forgot. Where Santa has to read every letter to Santa over magic seeds, and then those seeds become the things that the boys and girls have asked for. And so all the elves are actually farmers. Wow, that's it was neat. very cool. I very like cool that. reimagination of it. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah, I love that type of thing. And uh, I also read this book, Via Negativa. Via Negativa. Oh, by yeah. Daniel Hornsby, which was about a pot smoking priest that had a um, coyote that he hit with his car <laughs> in the backseat, convalescing. Great, great. And it's just, it's a great road novel. I mean, he's stopping at roadside attractions and getting too caught up with the people who run them. And he's trying to figure out, you know, he's retired and he's trying to figure out the things that he regrets the most. And driving to some friends that he is estranged from. And it's a very... It's got a beautiful stained glass cover. Yeah, gorgeous cover. And it was... Just, I don't know, it was one of these books that I'm so glad I left him now because I could really get lost in being on the road with him. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's been good reading. Good reading. Seems <laughs> like there's something there's something there. Come back mm. to me about this. I feel like maybe a I don't know, a website about where you where you can tell people about <laughs> oh, what's the word for it? You know? Oh boy. Books you liked. We'll call it booklike.com. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. We will be back next week. We will. Some version of some books that we liked. Consider this a cliffhanger. It's yeah. like normally at the end of the episode, you'd hear recommendations and instead suddenly it went to the credits and you're like, wait, what? Who? How? Tune in next week. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs>